listening to The Fret Files, the Guitar Workshop Podcast with Eric Daw. Send in your question or comment. To participate in the show, you can text or call 757-774-8482. Or to email the show, you can go to my website, ericdaw.com. That's E-R-I-C-D-A-W.com. Click the contact link and send your question or comment there. We'll use it as part of the show. Yes, indeed. Welcome to the show. It's the Fret Files podcast, your fortnightly foray into guitar science. I'm all alone today. Uh, I really appreciate, you know, the book has been selling well, and I really appreciate everyone who's ordered a book. If you've been holding out, I'm going to talk a little more about the book in hopes that I'll win you over. I'm telling you, there's, uh, there's wiring diagrams in this book that I promise you've never seen before, and it will it will open new fields of of tone into your playing. Uh, the book's been selling well. It's You can get it at solidsoundbook.com. I'm trying out a new microphone. It sounds pretty good. It's a condenser mic. Normally, I usually, I usually use a, a Shure SM58, but I've got, I got a good deal on some Marantz condenser mics that, uh, I don't know, they sound pretty good. We'll see. I might just go back to the SM58 because this one, it's almost a little too clear. <laughs> uh, I want to tell you about the book. I wanted to go over a few things that are in here. There is 23 schematics, and they're easy to read. They're more, lay- they're more layouts than schematics. You know, they're wiring diagrams. But um, there's a section on Telecaster schematics and information. There's a section on Esquire schematics. That's the single pickup, you know. A section on Stratocaster wiring. A section on Jazzmaster wiring. And at the back of the book, there's blank schematics for you to copy off and uh, and and use as templates to to design your own wiring diagrams. And then there's blank worksheets at the back for different things like pickup winders. And there's information sheets about capacitors and resistors. A lot of good stuff. A few of the schematics that I was really excited to put in here were some things that I designed that uh, that I'd never seen before, like my crazy Tele custom five-way Telecaster schematic. And let me tell you what the switch options are. You've got bridge pickup alone. And then both pickups series and out of phase. And then in the middle, both pickups parallel. And then a simulated strat sound, like a strat quack, uh, by using a, a capacitor hardwired to the switch. You get a simulated uh, in-between strat sound. And then all the way forward with the switch is neck pickup alone. And it's a very easy-to-read diagram. You could wire that up yourself. This is a... This is a 
uh, a wiring design that I came up with years ago, and I never shared it with anyone. I'd had people people begging me to <laughs> to email them this schematic, and uh, I never. I yeah, I just don't. I just didn't want to share these until now. There's all kinds of wiring diagrams that that I've come up with, and some obscure ones that other people have come up with. Uh, in this book. So check it out at solidsoundbook.com. I've shipped, uh, you know, uh, hundreds of books. If you haven't gotten yours yet, give me an email. But, uh, well, unless you just ordered it, like, you know, a couple days ago. I mean, give me a week or two, right? If you feel like your book should have arrived by now, then email me. I gave away a ton of stuff, so some of you randomly got extra goodies in your in in the package in with your books. Some of you only got, you know, like stickers. Some of you only got books. Most of you only got books, okay? I can't give everybody something. But some of you got stickers. Some of you got uh, bags of Apex coffee. Some of you got some single serve. The Apex makes these cool, um, they're like tea bags, but they're coffee. So like single serve uh coffee uh uh tea bags. Really a cool idea. I mean they're great for like camping or just on the go or whatever. Some of you got um t shirts, some of you got uh guitar effects pedals. Two of you got uh custom guitar effects pedals from Rick at Players Gear Music. Anyhow, I tried to call the winners and it went really poorly <laughs> because to buy the book you have to put in your phone number and well you don't have to but there's a place to put in your phone number so i tried to call some of the winners and uh i recorded it i'll sh- i'll play it for you now this is how it went here we go we're going to see if we can give some stuff away here i've got two effects pedals from rick at players gear music we're going to give away randomly to some people who uh who bought the book let's see if we can i'm going to just going to call some people randomly <laughs> we'll see how it goes this may be a bad idea your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message ah. system four zero nine all right all right this is order number 100 the 100th guy to buy the book is going to win <laughs> if we can get him on the phone i've called like five people and i just get answering machines because Nobody answers their phone anymore. It's a shame. Your call has been forwarded to an automated voice messaging system. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Nobody answers their phone anymore. All right. I'm going to maybe call one more person and uh, just call it a day because this is getting ridiculous. See if Nick answers. Hello? Hey, is this Nick? This is Nick. Nick, this is Eric Daw from the Fret Files podcast. No kidding. Yeah, no kidding. How are you today, man? I'm doing. I'm doing much, much better now. Oh, why is that? <laughs> oh, no, I don't know. It's just it's uh, kind of surprised to get a call. Well, I'm random. What's, what's up? I'm randomly calling some people who uh, have ordered the book to yeah. g- to give some stuff away. That's amazing. Yes. Feel so lucky. Well, good. Okay. Well, that's great. You know, it's funny. Nobody answers their phone anymore. So I've called about a half a dozen people 
to try to give away some stuff, and no one will answer. And you're the first guy to actually answer. So you get out of town. That's a it's a fact. So you get yeah. um, first dibs. I've got effects pedals to give away. You can choose. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know if you're a, if you listened to the the show where I released the book and tried out some of those. I do. I did. I listened to, I listened to all of them. Oh, cool. Well, I've got the Last Kiss guitar pedal from Rick at Players Gear Music. Uh, if you're interested in that, you can speak for that. Or I've got the Uncle Rick's Tone Polish, if you'd prefer that one. Um, can 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 you remind me? Here's here's my setup. I I normally play a a, a Telecaster straight into a Vibro Champ, uh, oh. and I will use some overdrive. Uh, Maybe some reverb, uh, and once in a while some like delay. So pretty simple, but it's always a Telecaster, and so and it's almost all always a vibro champ. Cool, that's a cool setup. So, so, so what do you think? I would go with this Last Kiss pedal. Rick said it sounds best with tellies, in his opinion. So that's what yeah. I I would recommend, man. Let's do that. All right. Well, you won, man. That's awesome. So I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm going to send your book and this pedal out to you, and uh, you should get it soon. Thanks a ton. Dude, thank you. It's great news. Well, thank you. I appreciate you uh, buying a book, and I appreciate you supporting the show, and uh, it paid off in the end. <laughs> and, and you know what? I, I, I feel good about uh, buying the book and supporting the show, even if I didn't get a phone call, because it's a great show, and I'm super excited about the book. Right on, man. Right on. Thank you so much, Nick. I'm going to send this out to you. All right, man. man. Take care. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. All right. Well, somebody finally answered. That's great. I think I'll uh, I think I'll just email the other pedal winner here. I wanted to at least call somebody and have him on the sh- on the show and you know, I wanted you guys to know that it's real that I'm re- actually giving stuff away. I've just been randomly stuffing uh, bags of coffee from Apex and different giveaways in some of the orders, but uh, the pedal winners, I mean, that's 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 a pretty good giveaway to, to win a, an effect pedal. So, congratulations if you got your book in the mail and there was something along with it. Some of you may have not received the books yet. Uh, they're still shipping out. There's There was quite a few orders, and we're, we're going through them, but uh, they, they're on the way. They are on the way, I promise. Well, there you have it. That was last week. I was I was actually going to try to do a bonus episode in between episodes where I just called random listeners unexpected, and we could talk about guitars, we could talk about the book, we could talk about, uh, you know, and I'd give stuff away, we could talk about whatever. But it went so badly that I just, uh, I thought, well, I'll just, I'll just include that in the next podcast. So, if you got, if you missed a call from from an unknown number, I guess this is what, you know, people, they see a phone call coming in, and they're like, well, I don't recognize that number. Why would I answer that? It's unbelievable to me. I I grew up, like, if the phone rang, right, when we had corded phones, you answered it. You didn't wonder who it was. You answered it and found out. And if you had caller ID, and you didn't recognize the number, you you still answered it. This is, it's like a, it's like everybody's like a shut-in now. Everybody just sits in their house and 
orders DoorDash and they see a phone number they don't recognize. It's like they they become Howard Hughes all of a sudden. Like, oh my. What? I don't understand it. It's a very strange, it's a very strange thing. All right, well, let's get the show on the road. We've got a few calls to take, and I believe this first one is from someone named Jeff. Hey, Eric, this is Jeff in Chattanooga. I'm replacing the pots and jack in an Asian-made super strat, and I noticed that when grounding the pot, instead of using a jumper, they had just bent the third lug up and soldered it to the back of the pot. Is that an acceptable way of doing it? Thanks. Uh, yeah, yes, more than acceptable. I, in fact, I would say that that is standard practice. Most guitars, when you look at the volume pot, that third lug is just bent and soldered to the back. You can use a jumper there, and oftentimes the capacitor from the tone control is is going to that lug of the volume pot, passing through it, and then to the housing of the pot. So you can do it that way, that's fine. Or you can just bend that lug over, you know, any, like any, yeah, Fender Gibson, like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's standard practice. Absolutely. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. So thanks for the question, Jeff. That was a good one, man. See, see, you guys think about things that, to me, I would never think to even bring up because it's just, uh, it's, it, I'm just so used to it. So, yeah, anyway. Thanks, Jeff. Hey, Eric, this is Tom from Raleigh, North Carolina. I enjoyed your, uh, your episode, but man, that stove, when that, when that thing banged or creaked or clanged or whatever it did, it freaked me out because I had my hands in the middle of a 90 year old violin. I've never touched a violin before. I'm stringing it up for a friend of mine. I was two strings in and I heard that Plank from your stove that, that just thank my stomach. I mean, I freaked out. I thought I had cracked this violin by tightening the string too tight because I've never done this before. But anyway, I know you don't um, deal with violins or ukuleles. I build ukuleles, and now I guess I'm trying to fix a violin. But I love, I love, I love your podcast on repairing guitars because – I love guitars, too. Thanks, Eric. Keep up the good work as you are. And, uh, man, fix that stove. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. I, I, get, I vaguely remember that. That was a while ago because it's, you know, it's been a while since I've had a fire in my stove. I have a wood-burning stove. And he must be talking about an episode where... I vaguely remember Nat and I were recording an episode in my living room, the wood-burning stove blazing away. And if you're familiar with wood-burning stoves, as they heat up, the metal expands, and it'll reach a point where it'll kind of pop. I mean, it'll sound like somebody took a Louisville slugger and whacked the side of the stove. It's like, clang, you know, it's a big, it's a big noise. There's nothing wrong with with that stove, with that wood burning stove. That's just what they do, man. I I heat my house with wood uh, in the winter. I mean, I have a furnace as well, but I I chop wood all summer and have a giant wood pile. And then I just love having a wood burning stove. It's the greatest 
giant cast iron wood-burning stove. In fact, the one I have is made here in Idaho. It's called a Kuma. It's a great stove, man. It's a great stove, but this is not a podcast about wood-burning stoves, although I sometimes I wish it were. Thanks, Tom. Hi, Eric. Uh, I'm Frank calling from Rochester, New York, and uh, love your show. And I'm calling with a question. I have a, a, a Gibson Chet Atkins guitar, uh, hollow body, uh, Chet Atkins studio guitar, 1993. And I took out the electronics because they uh, became uh, noisy and impossible to, to use. I installed an LB6 bags, LB6 acoustic guitar saddle pickup, which I've got wired directly to the uh, output jack, and and then I go into a preamp, and it works just fine. But I'm wondering whether I could wire that through uh, one of the pots that came with a control plate, the original control plate, and then use the pot to control the volume without installing a battery in the guitar. Um, thank you very much for considering this question, and have a great day. Bye. Thank you, Frank. I am. I have to think about this. So you've got a passive piezo under saddle pickup wired straight to the jack, and then you go from there into a preamp, but you want to be able to control the volume on the guitar. You could try it. it the best place for the for a volume control is either incorporated into the preamp or or after the preamp. So, and it has to do with the impedance. Um, yeah. I'm guessing so probably probably the way to do it would be to use like a, a if you're going to try it uh make sure that it's a like a 1 meg volume control so that it's not loading down the signal uh and I think that would probably work you'd have to try it I just don't know off the top of my head Here's another way to do it. If you know, you could try it and see if it works, and if it doesn't, then you can just go back to how you're doing it. But the other way to do it, if you want volume control, is to get a volume pedal and put it after the preamp. That would work, and that would be a nice way. You know, when so that way, when you roll the volume back, you're cutting the all the signal, and so you won't have any extra hiss or anything like that that you may. You may have if you turn if you turn down the the volume of the pickup without turning down the volume of the preamp, right? So yeah, that's tricky. That's tricky. I I'm not sure if that is going to work or not. But I would say you're going to have to try it. And if you do try it, try it with like a one meg uh, pot or even higher if you can get it. I don't know. I don't know. Adding a adding a volume control to a passive piezo pickup is not it's not like just it's not like wiring up a uh, like a a single coil or a humbucker pickup to it. The impedance difference is is what we're concerned with here. So yeah, experiment with it and let us know. I would be curious to know what you come up with, but I th I think it would work. It just here's the thing. I think it would work but I think it might change the sound. Because basically what you're doing there is adding a resistor. Even when even when the volume is all the way up, 
there's still the resistance of the pot is still in the circuit and and that may really kill the output and may kill the tone because the impedance of a piezo pickup is way different than than like a magnetic you know electric guitar pickup uh well which makes me think you could try a no load pot so that way when the volume is all the way up the resistor of the potentiometer is not in the circuit. So see if you can get a no-load 1-meg pot. That would That's what I would try first. Is it going to work? I don't know for sure because I've never tried it. But give it a shot and let us know. I'd be curious to hear back from you. All right, let's take a little break. We'll be right back. This episode of the Fret Files podcast is brought to you by Apex Coffee Roasters. Imagine always having fresh roasted coffee in your home. Now, imagine you didn't even have to leave the house for it. A subscription with Apex Coffee Roasters makes all of this possible. You choose the plan that best suits your needs, and they handle the rest. Their roaster will select a coffee option just for you and send it your way. Discounts are applied if you get a six-month or a year-long subscription. And shipping included if you're in the USA. Great coffee every morning. Just cut a little bit easier. That's apexcoffeeroasters.com. And if you go there and use my promo code, you get an additional 10% off. That's pinup, P-I-N-U-P. That's at apexcoffeeroasters.com. We've talked a lot about neck straightening irons on the show, and people write to me and they say, Eric, where can I get one? Well, until now, I didn't have anywhere to send people because nobody makes them anymore, except for my buddy Rick at playersgearmusic.com. You can go to Players Gear Music, you can order a neck straightening iron, some people call it a neck press or a neck heater. It is an invaluable tool in my shop. I use it all the time. I'd be lost without one of these. I, I love having a neck straightening iron, and Rick is making a really, really stout industrial. It, I, I, think it, I think it's the best one that I've used, and I've, I've used a lot. I've used uh, the commercially available ones that they used to sell in the 70s and 80s, but they don't sell them anymore. Well, now you can get one from playersgearmusic.com they're $7.49 I know that seems like a lot it's it's a tool I tell you what it's going to pay for itself a hundred times over if you go to playersgearmusic.com scroll down on the main page scroll 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 down to where it says fan of the fret files podcast you click that that adds one to your cart and it's 50 bucks off. So instead of 749, it's 699. 699, free shipping, and it's yours. A neck straightening iron, playersgearmusic.com has them, and you need one. I'm telling you. So go to playersgearmusic.com and check it out and don't forget to tell Rick that the Fret Files podcast sent you. All right, to the questions we go. Let's read a few questions. Hello, Eric. I have an 89 Telecaster and a new one called an American Special. The new one is pretty cool. Sounds and works great. The neck is fast and everything, but I feel it's quite predictable. No matter how you change your playing dynamic, I would say, it almost never surprises you. 
The 89 one instead has a sort of more unpredictable voice, much more reactive. It's pretty heavy and hasn't, doesn't have the classic Tele bridge, but has the six saddle bridge. In terms of sound, I think I prefer the 89 one in terms of sound, and it just brings out more creativity. I already know what Eric thinks about modern Fenders, but what about the 80s and late 80s ones? My dream would be to have a 50s one, but I can't afford it. I can't af- I can only af- I can only afford just mortal instruments. Many thanks, guys. The podcast is amazing. Cheers. That's from Michael in Italy. All right. Well, I think that uh, the 80s um, fenders are nice. I've seen a lot of good ones. The Japanese ones were were especially good, you know, considering the cost, right? They're cheaper. Uh, but no, the, I, I think that in the 70s, the quality control went went kind of south, right? And the guitars became heavy and clunky and not as refined as their earlier predecessors. But in the 80s, they started to pick things back up. The company changed hands in the early 80s. And I believe it's called the Smith era, right? So like the, through the 80s, um, the quality came back up and they made some great guitars. So yes, absolutely. I I like 80s uh, Fenders. And, uh, you know, when, if you find a good one, then that's just all there is to it. You don't need any more information than that. And you've got one here. I mean, from your description, it's like very reactive, which is that's what you want, man. A guitar that really will change with the way you are changing how you play, that's great. That is the mark of a great guitar. So keep that one. That's what I would say. Thank you so much for the question. Let's go to the next question here. See, there's a reason why I usually have someone to read the questions. I'm not very good at it. (laughs) Hey, Eric, thanks for the great podcast. I heard you mention in a previous episode about getting an out-of-phase tone with P13 pickups. I have a 50s silver tone, H1427, similar to the Harmony H62, which I believe you have. I flipped the magnets on the neck pickup to achieve an out-of-phase sound, which I really dig, but I'd like to be able to add some bass back into the middle position without losing the out-of-phase quack. I think blues players like Teddy Morgan, Rick Holmstrom. I think the way to do this is to roll the volume back slightly on one pickup and blend the sound. However, I'm having a hard time dialing this in as it goes from full-on, out-of-phase, to a muddier in-phase sound too quickly. I was just curious if there's anything I can do with the wiring pots caps to help dial in a fatter out-of-phase tone. Also curious to know what value pots and caps you like to run in your harmony, and any further tips on getting the best sound from these P13 pickups. Thanks in advance. That is from, let's find, let's see who that's from. That's from Carl in England. All right, Carl. Very good, man. Yeah, I have one of those harmonies with the P13s. It, it is the H62. It's the Sunburst one, and it's a beautiful guitar. I love that guitar. I love the sound of the pickups. And yes, I flipped the magnet in the neck pickup, just like you did, and it gives you that great out-of-phase sound in the middle. 
And what you're describing is perfectly normal. So you've got um, the 1427, the H1427. Let me look that up. Okay, like that's that looks kind of like the Chris Isaac model, but it's the, with P13s. Black. It's very cool. Uh, two volume controls. So that's what you need. So when you're in the middle position, it's touchy, but you can roll one volume control down just a bit and uh, dial it in. But it's not a gradual thing. It it does happen very suddenly. And there's just a little tiny section of the pot where you can play with that'll that you'll find a sweet spot. And it's tricky to find, you know. But it's not a it's not a big sweep. It is a very sudden thing, and it and it's uh it's a very delicate thing to dial that in. The problem with trying to hardwire something uh, to make it to bring the the base back in in that middle position is that the switch on that is a single pole switch. So anything you do, uh, you, you, well, you can't hardwire like a a resistor or a capacitor in there to attenuate things without affecting everything right so it's not like a like a fender switch oh i have a call that i have to take here all right what what was i saying uh it with a single pole switch if you hardwire a capacitor on there to attenuate things it's going to affect everything you can't because it's a single pole you can't just kind of discreetly only affect the um, the middle position. But yeah, the, what you're describing is actually um, exactly how mine works. I flip the magnet, and then there's a sweet spot on the volume control, either one, when you're in the middle position, so that you can kind of dial back just a little bit, and uh, it'll bring bass frequencies back in. As soon as you hear those bass frequencies jump back in, that's your sweet spot. Because you're still out of phase and you're you're still getting that cool sound, um, but yeah, it's not a gradual sweep, and there's really not much you can do to to make it a gradual sweep. I think you also asked what pots and caps I use on that. Uh, it's just the pots and caps that came with it. I think I looked in there with a mirror, and it's just got you know 50 CTS pots, and it actually has bumblebee caps. Uh, that I just assume came factory, you know, from there. It's it's the original electronics. I, I haven't changed anything out. And if yours has the original electronics, I wouldn't recommend changing anything out because those pots are great. And uh, yeah, I would just stick with what you've got there. Absolutely cool, man. That's, I hope you like that guitar because that is a cool guitar, man. I'm just looking at some that are, for sale here on Reverb. H1427. That's a beautiful Harmony. Man, Harmony made cool arch tops. They really did. The the high-end ones. <laughs> the Rockets are cool too, but they're they're uh they're not as cool as these uh these uh uh larger bodied or th- what should I say thicker, the thicker bodied arch tops are super cool. All right. And that was from uh, that was from Carl in England. Thanks, Carl. Alrighty, next up, this is from Dan, and Dan is in Armenia. Wow. 
Hi, Eric. I have repaired and rewound a few pickups, but I want to leave them looking like I found them. Where can I get that tape that all humbuckers seem to be wrapped in? It looks like common rubber electrician's tape, but it's not. It's like very sticky black wax paper. Is there a name for it? And can mere mortals like myself procure some of it? (laughs) Thanks. That's from Dan. Dan, are you really in Armenia? That's cool. We do have a worldwide reach, I know, because I've just, I've been sending books all over the world. Dan, that tape is, is, uh, I don't know what the name for it is other than it's pickup winders tape, you know? But all parts, Stuart McDonald, Mojo, all of the, you know, typical places where you would go to get pickup winding supplies. Uh, Philadelphia Luthier Supply, that's fast becoming one of my favorite distributors there. They're great. But, you know, Stuart McDonald is excellent. That's great. That's a, They all have it, and it's just pickup winders tape. It's that black paper tape. It's paper pickup winders tape. You can get the cloth tape or the paper stuff. I like the paper stuff. The ones, the one that I have, the brand name is Toyo, T-O-Y-O, and it's made in Japan. I think I got it from all parts. Toyo tape, and it comes in different thicknesses. I think it's quarter inch and eighth inch and maybe even more. But um, yeah, the, the really standard stuff is the quarter inch black paper tape. And it's Toyo is the brand that I use. So great question, Dan. See, another thing that I I never would have thought to comment on, right? But that's that's great. You guys always come up with things that uh, sometimes I I just I just go on about my life and don't think about <laughs> where to get stuff like that. This is from Ashley in the UK. Hello, Eric. On the subject of necks. I'm thinking of Fender Necks. Oh, wait, hold on. This Ashley's in Northern Ireland. Hello, Eric. On the subject of guitar necks, I'm thinking of Fender Necks. Feel is a personal taste thing. Some find a heavily lacquered neck to be sticky to the hand. So, you might prefer a satin finish. But what are your thoughts on the ways to change or improve the feel of a neck? I heard of players sanding the lacquer off. Is that right down to the wood, using increasingly finer grit? I've also hear, heard of carnauba wax being used. As I say, interested in your thoughts. Best wishes from Ashley. Ashley, uh, it is pretty common for people to sand necks a little bit to get a more satin feel. Um, I don't recommend going all the way through the lacquer or the poly, whatever whatever kind of paint you have on your guitar. Uh, In fact, all you have to do, really, if you just want a more satin feel, you just have to barely scuff the, um, just the very outer layer of the paint. Don't go all the way down to the wood. The, The finish is there for a reason. It's protecting wood from, you know, the, um, the moisture and the oils in your hand. So uh, don't go through the wood, or don't go through the finish down to the wood entirely, but if you take, uh, a, a really common way to do this is if you take a Scotch-Brite 
scouring pad, right? And they, they have these, it's like a 3M, 3M is the brand, 3M Scotch-Brite. They make different grits, just like sandpaper comes in different grits. The Scotch-Brite stuff comes in different colors, and the colors correspond to the grits. I think white is fine, uh, gray is less, is, is more coarse, and then green is more coarse than that, and I think maroon is even more coarse, something like that. But look it up. The gray Scotch-Brite is just exactly the right thing to use for this project. You can use gray Scotch-Brite on the back of your guitar neck, and what it'll do is just scuff up the finish a little bit so it's not quite so sticky, and it'll give you a more satin feel. Uh, that is how to do it. That's what I would do. Alternately, you could use a very fine grit sandpaper, and you can you can wet sand it if you want. Maybe something like 600 grit. And not super fine, but, you know, not coarse either. Uh, if you want to get fancy, you can take masking tape and tape uh, the where the headstock and the neck meet so that there's really, there will be like a hard line where it goes from satin to gloss. Um, that's kind of a, that's kind of a cool way to do it. Uh, and the same thing down by the heel of the neck, you can use masking tape so that, um, there's a hard line transition between satin and gloss. But if you don't care about that, you can just do more of a gradual look and it'll look more natural if you just do it without the tape, either by using Scotch-Brite, I would use the gray Scotch-Brite or uh, like 600 grit sandpaper, but there's no reason to go through the paint down to the wood. All we're doing here is just, just roughing up the, uh, the surface of the paint so that it feels more, it has a more satin feel. Thank you, Ashley. I think that's all. Let me look. Okay. There's one more here. Hello, Eric, and whoever else is joining your podcast this week. Well, nobody. It's just me. The book is great. Oh, good. Well, somebody who ordered the book, and they like it. Uh, by the way, I would love to. I would love to get feedback from you about the book. Did you love it? Did you hate it? What did you, What did you like about it? What did you learn? So write in and let me know, or call in, and uh, give me some feedback about the book. I'd love to hear. You know, the other thing I should mention, it would really help me out. If you haven't done this, it would really help me out if you go to Apple Podcasts and give me a five-star review and maybe say a few words. If you like the show and you want to do me a favor, man, I would appreciate that. It, it helps new people discover the show, and it'll just grow the audience, which will make the show better. So there you have it. Let's go back to the question here. Hello, Eric, and whoever else is joining you this week. The book is great. I love how simply you have everything laid out, and I'm looking forward to trying out some of these modifications. I actually have a question I was hoping you could address in the podcast. I have a Squire Bullet Mustang that I seem to modify monthly just for fun. 
I've recently gone back to a simpler setup with just a couple of single coils, the bridge and middle pickup from a cheap strat set where the middle pickup is supposed to be reverse wound reverse polarity from the bridge pickup. For that reason, I have the middle pickup from the set installed in the guitar's neck position since it's just a two pickup guitar. Alright, I'm already feeling lost. Uh since it's just a two pickup guitar. Where where did where did I leave off? So I can get the reverse polarity and theoretically hum canceling when I put the switch in the middle position. The tone I get is almost identical to what I get in the neck position. No fun quackiness like you'd get in position two or four in a strat. I've verified that it's wired correctly. Both pickups are engaged in parallel when I'm in position two, and only the neck pickup is engaged when I flip the switch that way. So I'm wondering if that's just what happens in a guitar with two single coils that isn't a telly with all the steel plate wizardry. Or maybe I'd get a more varied tone in position two if I were instead using the neck pickup from the set in the guitar's neck position. I'm also curious what would happen if I desoldered and switched the leads for one of the pickups where the hot lead was going to the ground and the ground was going to the switch. Would I get an out-of-phase tone in the middle? As in both pickups. Would I get an out-of-phase tone in the middle position but mess up the tone of that pickup when it's engaged by itself. Would that type of setup work better if I used the neck pickup from the set, which is supposedly wound in the same direction as the bridge pickup? Any other suggestions for modding a guitar like this? I set it up with a Gibson-esque three-way toggle switch, and although I've tried a few mods using push-pull pots, they tend to stick out awkwardly because of the guitar's ridiculously thin body. I'm just having fun overthinking this simple yet adequate guitar. I've been making my way back through your podcast, and it's consistently one of the bright spots of my day. Thanks so much for what you do, and keep it up. Sorry to be so long-winded. It's just my way. That's from Jason. <laughs> right on, Jason. I appreciate it, man. Um, let me think about this. Uh, so he's got a two-pickup guitar with a three-way Gibson-style toggle switch, and he says that when he's in the middle position... It doesn't sound like he'd expect it to. It sounds mostly like mostly what he hears is the neck pickup. I'm wondering if if perhaps you've got a an imbalance in pickup height. So if the neck pickup is pretty close to the strings and the bridge pickup is pretty far away, then when you're in the middle position, it's really going to emphasize the neck pickup. So maybe try raising the bridge pickup and lowering the neck pickup and see if that helps. Because he says he's he's verified that it's wired correctly and that only the neck pickup is engaged when he flips the switch up and both pickups are engaged when he's in the middle position. So you verified that. Um, his, so try that. That's what I'm wondering because it... If if you've got a an output imbalance because of pickup height, it really will when you're in the middle position. It really will emphasize that pickup that is um, closer to the strings. So maybe that's what's going on. I'm not sure. He also asks, what would happen if he flips the wires uh, on one of the pickups? Well, um, then it'll be out of phase. And it, it, it's going to be a cool sound. I mean, you might like it and you might not, but you could try that if you if you flip the wires so that the 
the uh, hot is going to ground and the, the ground is going to hot on one of the pickups, but it won't really affect uh, the tone of that pickup while it's by itself. So all, all it's doing is, is reversing the phase, but it'll be an identical sound. It's just when it combines with another pickup, that's when it'll change. So you can do that on Strat pickups because they don't have a hardwired ground, like like uh, Telecaster bridge pickups have that bridge, that, that base plate that the ground is hardwired to. And Telecaster neck pickups have the hardwired ground to the cover. So... On pickups like that, you have to put three wires coming off the pickup, a hardwired ground and then a negative and positive. On a Strat pickup, there is no grounding plate or a cover that's grounded, so you can just you can just switch the wires and get out-of-phase sounds. So, so yeah, try it. Maybe you'll like it. Uh, what else did he ask? Let me look at this again. I think that was all. Did I cover everything? I think so. All right, very good. Thank you, Jason. And thanks to everyone who wrote in or called and participated in the show. Extra thanks to anyone who ordered the book. If you want to check out the book, go to solidsoundbook.com and uh, you can order a copy there. 23 Schematics. Radical redesigns for single coil circuits. I had somebody email me today and said, "Hey, is there any anything about humbuckers in in the book?" Not really. It's mostly Fender style schematics. So check it out, solidsoundbook.com. That does it for the show. If you want to participate, go to ericdaw.com, click the contact link, and you can write your question there. Send it in. I'll use it as part of the show. Uh, the other way to do it is to call or text 757-774-8482. Leave a voicemail at that number, and uh, we'll use your uh, question as part of the show. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you guys next time.